2005, two brothers hit the road to chase demons and fight monsters. After 15 years, they made television history and built a community of dedicated and lasting fans. I'm Rob Benedict. I played God, a.k.a. Chuck Shirley. And I'm Richard Spate Jr., and I played the Archangel Gabriel, a.k.a. the Trickster, a.k.a. Loki. And in later years, I stepped behind the camera to direct a bunch of episodes. And though we've been involved with the series for years and multiple seasons, we never sat down and watched the entire show. Until now. Rob and I are going episode by episode, watching each and every one. And we're diving in with the folks who made the show to bring you an insider's point of view and some great behind-the-scenes stories from the writers, producers, crew, and actors. And along the road, we're becoming fans. We've heard you saying it for years, and we finally get what all the excitement is about. We'll definitely be hitting on some spoilers, so you better be watching with us or look out. This show holds up after all this time and deserves to be watched and rewatched. Thank you for joining our journey and listening to Supernatural Then and Now. Hey everybody, this is Rob Benedict. And I'm Richard Spade Jr. And we are talking about Season 4, Episode 4, Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Meta. It's a meta episode, it is, but it's not one the of those, way we say meta, you Yeah, know? it's one of those meta episodes everyone talks about. When you mix in a little morphosis. <laughs> um, hey, on Patreon, we've been live streaming some of our reviews of the episode, so if you missed the live stream... The videos, they still get posted there. So if you're a Patreon member, you get to you just go on and watch it whenever. And you know, Robbie and I were just in Chicago. A lot of Supernatural fans coming up to us and saying they love the live streams. Lots of that. So Yes, true. We love them too. We're going to do more of that. So join Patreon and be part of the party. Yeah. Plus, if you want to chat online with fans about Supernatural all day, there's Discord access that comes with your Patreon membership. So, And one of these random days, I'm going to post Rob's home address. So get ready to stalk. Yep. And my phone number and my social security. Bingo. Robbie, why don't you do the thing you do where you take the episode that you've absorbed and you spontaneously summarize it? Okay, I'll try. Sam and Ruby have a demon tied to a chair. Sam demands to know where Lilith is. Uh, the demon <laughs> won't provide answers. So Sam exercises it with his mind. Meaning like said, and one, and two, touch your toes, <laughs> yeah. and three, he and takes lifting, it out. and running. Yeah. They and do some stairs. And your knees are high. Stair stepping. Yeah. Uh, so he exorcises it with his mind, sending the demon back to hell. Ah. Dean has been spying on them and presents himself. He's shocked by what Sam and Ruby are doing together. See, aren't we all? Turns out there's more than just Yeah. Boy, he, he thinks he's shocked now. Wait till the wedding. <laughs> Sam says he's trying to save people and asks Ruby to take the man that was possessed to the hospital. He's still alive. So Dean is still pissed and he pulls the demon killing knife on Ruby, but Sam stops the altercation. Back at the motel, Sam tries to explain his reasoning to Dean that he's trying to use his power to save lives. Dean tells him that Castiel said that Dean must stop Sam from using his powers or the angel would. That's a lot of proper nouns. <laughs> yeah. That sentence. Yeah. Dean tells Castiel that Castiel told Sam, that Sam told Gladys, that Gladys told Myrna that Charlie has a crush on Susan. By the way, Myrna, one of my favorite supernatural characters. So they're all interrupted. All those people are interrupted by a phone call about a case from a hunter named Travis. The boys, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. A hunter named Travis. Huh. Okay. The boys travel to Carthage, Missouri to meet him. I think I've been to Carthage. Yeah. There they see Jack Montgomery, who seems like a normal guy, except for his insatiable desire for raw meat. He's even tempted to eat people. Ooh, we've met somebody like that, haven't we, Rob? Nudge, <laughs> nudge. 
<laughs> Have we? Wink, wink. Yeah. Travis has known the brothers since they were children. He explains that he once hunted and killed Jack's father, who was a Ruguru. A what? A Ruguru. Wait, is there anything like the Buru Buru we had to deal with in the previous episode? Ruguru and Buru Buru, I don't think that they are related. But I think if you're a Ruguru from Bora Bora, you're a Rugabora. Rugabora, not related. And if you're a Ruguru who eats rutabagas in Bora Bora, you're a Rugaru rutabaga Bora Bora. Or a Buru Buru. And if you're a Rugaru who eats rutabaga in Bora Bora and you're boring, you're a Rugaru rutabaga boring Bora Bora. <laughs> and if your last name is Mike Borja... If your last name is Borja, because you're Mike Borja's son, you're a Rugaru Rutabaga uh, who's boring in Bora Bora uh, Borja. What if Mike Borja named his son Buru Buru? He'd be Buru Buru Borja. Travis didn't know that Jack's mother was pregnant at the time and lost him in the foster system until now. Sam believes Jack may be able to resist the meat craving urges, a parallel to himself. Sam expresses frustration with Dean for not having empathy for Sam's struggle of living with the fact that he has demon's blood in him. Sam and Dean tail Jack and see him almost attack a woman, but resists. Meanwhile- Wait, they see him but resist, or they see him resist? They see him resist. Okay. Meanwhile, Travis has broken into Jack's home and taken Jack's wife hostage. Travis uh -oh. is going to kill them both, since Jack's wife is also pregnant. Preggers. Travis wants to destroy this Rougarou bloodline. Jack and Travis fight, which results in Jack starting to eat Travis- then completing his transformation into the Rougarou. Jack looks like a monster now. The Winchesters arrive and they fight Jack, but ultimately defeat and incinerate him. As the boys leave in the Impala, Dean apologized for being so hard on Sam. Wait, if Dean ap apologizes in the Impala, is it an apology? <laughs> it is an apology. Yeah. As the boys leave in the Impala, Dean apologizes for being so hard on Sam. Sam confesses a decision to stop using his powers. And it's not a gesture to anyone but himself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we end with an apology. Apology. Uh, I'm glad the, but you know, if it doesn't go well, then it's an implosion. Like the apology can't implode. True. Which is not the traditional implode. It's just a apology, apology that didn't go well inside the Impala. Yeah. If you buy a piece of carpet from a Rugaroo, is it a Rugaroo? <laughs> it might be a Rugaroo. If you are a potent person, in the Impala. Does that make you impotent? Very confusing if you're trying to take a lover. Into the Impala. <laughs> Into the Impala. So let's our, our review of Metamorphosis. Are you referring to the segment that I call RRR Rob and Rich Review? By the way, have you seen the movie RRR on Netflix? There is a movie called R. It's an, uh, a movie from India. RRR, you shing me? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. RRR, no, 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 no. you yanking my chain? No, 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 I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's uh, supposedly a great, great movie, and I want to see it. It's uh, it got some acclaim at the end of last year. Anyway, Metamorphosis is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think the highlight of this episode for me uh, was the actor who played Jack. Was He's great. Fantastic, yeah. Really, really, really uh, good actor. Damien Clark. Yeah. Is his name, and he's great. He, he holds the whole thing together. In traditional supernatural fashion, they just found a phenomenal actor to be yeah. the linchpin as a guest star. Uh, so rare in TV to have guest stars be so massively pivotal in the series, and he was uh, he was one of them, and he was great. 
Yeah. And you know, this episode is sandwiched between some like cult classic episodes of the show. Uh, so it doesn't get as much attention, but I think it was, it's a very solid episode. It's also kind of gross, you know, so it doesn't get the like, Ooh, I love that. But it, it's, it's a solid episode top to bottom. It's very gross. You're not wrong about that. I do yeah. think that it's, uh, I welcomed the darkness to be honest. Cause it's kind of, you mean Emily Swallow? Of, well, we had a couple of humorous ones lined up. You know what I mean? Like it, yes. like you said, it was it, weirdly, it's probably more on tone for the show, but out of tone for this little run of episodes. Right. Exactly. If you could rearrange the playlist of episodes, I might put it at a different spot. But uh, it's good. And we also got a little bit further uh, sort of explanation about Ruby and why Sam's talking to Ruby and what the demon blood is doing to him. And yeah, uh, you know what it reminded me of a little bit? It reminded me of the Sterling K. Brown shows yes. about the, the episodes of Supernatural where it's talking about the humanity of the monster. Yes. You know what I mean? You're getting yes. into the idea that like, if he is a Rougarou who can resist, like you, you look at Travis and you go, did Travis save, try to save this guy? Or did Travis's appearance drive this guy into madness and drive him to, you know, like, right. would he have been fine if he'd been left alone? Right. We'll never know. Yeah. Honestly, to be honest, when I watched the episode, I don't think I got that whole sort of backstory. You didn't, what do you mean? Between Travis and Jack. I knew that Jack, that Travis had killed Jack's dad. Right. Uh, somehow in the in the translation, I missed that Jack had become a foster kid and got lost in the system. Right. That part I missed. I missed that detail. And see but, that part I got. So together we could piece it together if we if were on we a, watch the if we watched the show together, we'd have yeah, each other in. Or if we were on a desert island trying to remember um, what <laughs> this one was about. When we're not scavenging for food, we're go walking <laughs> through supernatural. Or eating each other. Uh, Rob, this is a like a couple Rougarous. A couple of Rougarous. Okay. A lot of jokes there. I'm just going to leave those alone. Well, that's good because it's a PG-13 show. Classy show filled with classy listeners. Not necessarily classy hosts, but classy no. listeners. God. Oh, God, no. So I like the morality exploration it did. Yeah. And and I thought, again, Damon Clark was so good about about walking that fine line of temptation and confusion and yeah. anger and resentment. I'm like the five stages of grief kind of going through that guy. I feel, I feel bad for his wife, too, you know? Ah, oh, yeah, dude. It's never what a, fun. What a loss. Yeah. Felt a little bit metaphor for your, your relationship with your wife. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it was. We uh, all feel bad for her. And the fear she had <laughs> that I might somehow destroy <laughs> her and all the children. Um, I thought it was great. I, okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to give it to Stapleton. I'll tell you that uh, right now. Okay. And, and it's not because it's not great, but again, Supernatural has set such a high watermark. High watermark. This episode. Agreed. So I just can't. It's not that. Yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah. Well, then what is it? I'm going to go Charlie Daniels. I think it's a solid Char Charlie Daniels. Oh. Which is a nice full beard, good looking beard, rock solid. By any other metric, a great episode of TV. It's just with Supernatural's high, high standards, it's just not quite a Stapleton. It's a. If a Stapleton Charlie shaves Daniels. his beard and just starts growing it back, is it a Stubbleton? Ooh. ooh, ooh. <laughs> Every now and then, when you think Rob has folded up his tent and call it a day, he dusts off something like that. That's now that's the content I'm here for. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. That was good, Rob. That All was right, real good. You're going to do uh, Charlie Daniels. Which is, by the way, just for people kind of following my country music scale, that's maybe a, a hair better, no pun intended, or pun intended, yeah. than, a, than a Kenny Rogers. Because Charlie right. Daniels is a little more scraggly, a little more, little more edge to it. I was going to say, some people might argue... That's a that's a great beard. It's a great beard, but it's still Stapleton to me is since I've since I've deemed Stapleton my kind of perfect 
episode, uh huh, A plus plus plus. Uh-huh. Charlie Daniels is a solid A, you know, solid yeah. A, A minus. Yeah. Okay. In that case, going along those lines, because I'm right with you on that. Uh, we've set a high watermark. It can't be perfection, but it's really, really good. I'm going to give it uh, uh, Jerry Garcia. Oh, man. First of all, quit accusing us of not having other beard references. Two new ones today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. Again, where's this Rob been all year? Uh, yeah. But okay. So, yeah, <laughs> we're going to go with. That's great. That's a great, great analogy. Yeah. Great beard uh, measuring stick. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and I feel like on, on par with uh, Charlie Daniels, like it's just, it's a great, it's an iconic beard. Iconic uh, beard. It just, uh, it doesn't have the sort of the groomed perfection perhaps of, of our hundred percents, but uh, still a, no. a great, great freaking beard. Yeah, man. Agreed. Okay. Well, um, speaking of Damien Clark, who really carries the episode I've got a treat for you, Richard. What, uh, Candy? He's our guest today. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Damien Clark plays Jack Montgomery in the episode you may know from his prolific voice acting work. He's been featured in such anime franchises as Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho. He provided voices for such video game titles as Blood Rain, Final Fantasy, Borderlands, Street Fighter, and Marvel vs. Capcom. He's also guest starred in a bunch of live action TV series, including CSI, Criminal Minds, 24, Prison Break, and How to Get Away with Murder. Plus, he starred in or has been featured in such films as Secondhand Lions, A Scanner Darkly, and How to Be a Serial Killer. Man never stops working, is what we're saying. Here he is. It's such a pleasure to have you on, and we really just loved your work in this episode. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, you yeah really you're the backbone of the whole episode. Carried it's great. it, yeah. Um, taking it back, like what, do you remember what your audition process was like? So that's kind of a fun story. I was, uh, I did a movie for Lifetime, shot it in New Orleans. The director had a screening of the Lifetime movie at his house. It's actually kind of fun because Jenna Dewan was in it and Channing Tatum and them uh, and her were together at the time. So we had this screening at, at Tom's house, the director. Channing was there and I got to meet him and he seems like a really cool guy. And then the casting director shows up that, and I'd been in LA at this point, like four years, but hadn't really done a lot with that casting office, UDK. So from where, where did you move from? I moved from Texas via Canada. Oh, that old route. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I just arrived kind of in LA and I'm just grinding, grinding, grinding. And, and so anyway, we screened this lifetime thing at Tom's house and Robert from UDK is the head of UDK is over there. And uh, he sees it and he goes, Hey, I like the cut of your jib. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for you. I was like, all right, cool. Expecting never to hear from him. You know how it works in episodic when there's a, especially with a show like Supernatural, where it's a, like you said, it was like the backbone of the show. Like if there's a, a major arc in your, your A to Z on it, it's usually kind of a stunt cast situation. And so that was the case with this, especially with Supernatural. Uh, and somebody, I don't know what happened. They, they couldn't do it. So Robert called me into audition for it. And I guess I did a pretty good job. But it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a fun audition because in the audition, I had to actually turn into the Rougarou uh, portion of it. Yeah. So oh, no. like wow. I'm writhing around on the floor, screaming <laughs> my head off. And I'm like, is this over the top? I don't know. Is this, is yeah. this, OTT, are we in the ballpark? Say in the business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to a couple of buddies of mine who turned into Rougarous. This is what they said it's like. I hope I'm doing it right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, on the floor in front of like i don't know how many people 10 screaming and yelping and whatnot as a ruguru does and 
uh, I think the director or the producer was like, well, at least put some effort into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, did you have to research like, yeah. like what a Rougarou was or anything like that? Yeah, I, I figured that out kind of early on. It, it yeah. was just basically a version of a werewolf. I mean, yeah. So Kim Manners, the director of that recipes, Kim Manners, he yeah. uh, was just a pleasure to work with. But he really wanted me to look at the old Lon Chaney stuff. Big oh, werewolves so great. he's like go watch that and that was my introduction to lon cheney pretty much uh yeah. never really thought about watching that stuff before but that was yeah. right what attracted kim to that character and, and this is why he was so so good as a producer and a director was the vulnerability that he felt that lon cheney lent to uh the werewolf roles mm -hmm. so and and that's kind of a, a cool lesson for actors that are starting out or, or or not whatever but uh to when you're playing a villain and what i always try to do when i play a villain is to not that jack was really a villain but you know what i mean like um yeah. to add relatability and vulnerability so the audience is not just well i i don't know what that is and i can't relate to that yeah so you yeah. want to have some element of empathy yeah. to to what well, I don't care what role you're doing, be it like a I don't know, like a handsome Jack villain voiceover character, or I don't know if you're if you're Terrence Stamp and Superman, whatever. Right, right, yeah, because right. you're not thinking I'm a bad guy. You know what I mean? If you're that, character. well, it's easy to do that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, oh, I know what this is. I'm evil, right. and I'm gonna go right. screw some people up. Right. It it just it only starts there. Yeah. That's where it gets right. tricky to make. You want to make a villain watchable for ninety minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. do you remember uh, meeting J Jared and Jensen? Did you uh, coming from Texas? No, you I don't that remember that at all. <laughs> I, could. I don't remember meeting those Greek gods. No. Yeah. They, well, you don't, don't. You don't. You don't even know when they've entered the room. You're like, are they here? They're pretty forgettable. God, I hate hanging out with those two. Oh my god, I hate it so much. I mean, I'm like six one. I'm not little, and I remember taking a picture with them, and I was like, "No, I'm not doing that again." Not unless <laughs> I have an Apple box. Uh, yeah. Well, you're yes. talking to five eight and five seven over here, so we felt like tra <laughs> travel shampoos standing uh, yeah. next to those dudes. I had no idea they were so friggin' big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were uh, they were a lot of fun, dude. I mean, everybody says that about them because it's true. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they would, you know, they would harass me on set and, and, and try to make me feel as welcome as they could, which they didn't have to do because nobody gives a about the guest star. Except for on Supernatural. That's the thing. That, that's the takeaway that we're always trying to impart to people who listen to the podcast. Rob and I started as guest stars. The lion's share of anybody who isn't Jared and Jensen started as a guest star, whether they did one episode or ended up doing 50 episodes. We all started as one-off people, and the show is as kind and as welcoming to those of us who do one and go away as it is to those who do one and stay. Thanks and to those guys solely, in my opinion. 100%. It starts at the top. It starts, to, it starts at that level. And so the idea of nobody gives a shit about the guest stars, which is really true in the business, yeah. except for it was such a rare and beautiful exception, not yeah. just from the welcoming nature of Jared and Jensen and the rest of the crew and the tone they set, but also look at this material. I mean, you were basically, it was your show for the episode of, the, you know, this episode was your episode. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a really such a cool gift that uh, episodic television doesn't always give a guest star. Well, I would say yeah, 90, 
90% of the time, in my experience, uh, yeah. nobody's really that accommodating or welcoming. And you just get used to it. You're not, you're not mad about it. Well, anyway, those guys, yeah, you're right. They set the tone. And I, I love them to bits. Uh, they have no idea who I am at this point. But I will always remember who they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they probably will. You know, they're they're good like that. They're, they're crazy like that. Yeah. But yeah, they were, they were really sweet, sweet guys. Well, you're talking about doing conventions. Because I know you, you must do a ton of them because of your voiceover work is that correct um yeah not a ton but i'm up, i'm on the road for a bit yeah yeah so in 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 your journeys does does your role in supernatural ever come up in the questions you are asked is it ever it does up? yeah it, it it still resonates i think because of what you'd said there's only a handful of episodes in supernatural where there was a central character like that so it's it's easier to remember it be, just because of that you know if right you see ruguru people people that watch the show even though it was season four, they all know what that is. Yeah. A hundred percent. And this was a particularly a part of the series where things started to, like every episode is really great and, you know, it's really taking off here and you're right in it. You know, this episode's right in it. So getting into the character a little more, like there are two great scenes where we see Jack struggling with what's happening. Uh, one in the bathroom, he's brushing his teeth and something funky's going on. And then we see him chowing hamburger meat from the fridge and he catches himself in a frenzy. You know, that's not easy to play as an actor, sort of like you trying to not to give in to your urges and that kind of thing. Uh, no. Can you talk a bit about that, about playing those things and playing that struggle within Jack? Trying to remember what mindset I would have been in. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that was, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, I know. Um, but that, have you ever tweaked your back in the gym or, I don't know, yeah. Sleeping. 100%. Sure. All or the time. Bending over Tur in the shower. I Just don't know. turning to the left. Yeah. <laughs> when sitting perfectly still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know what that pain is just yeah. from, okay, so that would be an example of, of just not making it too difficult in a situation like that. So uh, just like a sense recall in that sense. But yeah. the hardest thing would have been, and I've come home drunk at 3 a.m. and raided the fridge, so that's easy. Yeah, you know, Robbie, you got that one. Yeah, I got that's, it. Don't check. That's the hamburger meat Yeah, right there. You ever hear those stories of people on Ambien? They wake up the next day, Yeah, and there's pheasant yeah. under glass or duck all orange. So yeah. like, who made this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was the Rougarou. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, it when it comes to playing a monster, nobody really has any kind of point of reference for that. So I think my my inspiration for that was, you know, what's the maddest at somebody or the maddest I've been in a situation? And can I mix that with the saddest I've been? Mm, because yeah. this thing is happening to you and you don't want it to happen to you, but you have to mix it with the appropriate amount of, by being possessed by a demon would be a good one. I don't know, right? How do you play yeah, that? Right. Right. Which would be different from this, in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you come up with that formula? And it's going to be unique to, and you guys are all actors, it's going to be unique to what helps you? What helps you convey a believable scenario in that yep. situation? And for me, it was the maddest and the saddest I've ever been. So I guess death of my mom or driving in LA traffic. Put those two together. Yeah. Right, fair. Sorry, yeah. I just brought the... Just brought the mood down no you there. didn't it's, it's fascinating <laughs> know, and you know it's look we talked to a lot of people who we just talked to a composer we talked to directors and i think it's important 
and insightful just to hear what a, an actor's process is. And, you know, that's that's great. You know, that's a great answer. And it's and it's true. And it resonates with what we saw on screen, because we yeah. see your character on screen. What makes it work? Yeah. Which you were talking about earlier Fear. is the humanity, the humanity we see throughout. Well, like the, the, yeah. the there's always an element of of fear, like you said, like what's going on, what's happening to me type energy. I feel that, yeah, I feel like instead of combining those three things, fear, anger, uh, and call it vulnerability or sadness, I feel that if I if I have that inherent sadness, it takes care of the fear so I don't confuse myself too much because I, for, for me, those things are, are somewhat inter, interlinked. I mean, not everyone's the same, but yeah. um, if I confuse myself with too much, because you know, you'll all take in the, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, Uda Hagen, what have you, sense memory stuff. A lot of that I feel is very confusing. And so I try to make things simple in my head and to get myself into that headspace. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for me, and I think probably I would assume for you guys too, is playing abject terror, abject fear. And I think, you know, maybe for, for, for women too. Um, but I think especially for guys, because we're conditioned to not a show that or any kind of vulnerability. And that's always been, I have to literally remind myself to be sincere and vulnerable in those situations because right. throughout life, we don't do that. Right. Right. We're coached. Otherwise you shut the hell up, you know, take your lumps, soldier forward. And when it comes to acting, it's really, you have to stop and remind yourself not to bring those elements of your real life into whatever you're doing. And for like, I just shot a, a horror movie last week. And that was one of the things that I noticed the most difficult thing for our actors was showing vulnerability and fear, including the women. It's really hard to do. You go, oh, what, what was the last time I was so scared? I filled my pants, right? Like what is... It's such a visceral, it's like laughter. It's like a, such a visceral, raw response that it's mm -hmm. so hard to create on demand. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Of course, Rich, I, I have the it, opposite. I have the opposite problem, Rich. I have directors <laughs> saying, like, can you be less afraid? I was gonna say <laughs> directors come up to you and say, Can you stop filling your pants? Stop filling your pants. It's <laughs> just, just a Tuesday. Just the whole experience is terrifying. Just channel <laughs> that. Yeah. Just hold that thought. We're coming right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. What about working with your wife, actress named Joanne Kelly? Do you remember? Because that was you had to be very intimate with her. You're, and I always think about that, too, because, again, you're with each other for eight days. And you're like, hi, nice to meet you. And now we're kissing in the kitchen, you know. Yeah. Uh, do you remember working with her? I do. Um, I don't remember the conversation leading up to that kitchen scene. Mm -hmm. But she... I watched it. I watched it again last night and I was like, damn, like, I don't remember throwing her up against the cabinet. I know. And it, all, it was so intense, right? Yeah, uh, believable I, that you're married, you know. I remember her being very, very cool and, and being very, you know, part of the process and everything's everything's solid. But yeah, I don't remember there being any kind of team meeting about that or, or mm. anything uh because I, I think because it really wasn't anything held back in that situation no right but i i think that's because she was so accommodating and cool like hey don't, don't worry about it let's get the shot let's make it look good sure yeah and you know we didn't spend any time together uh, aside from what we you know um, just doing your job. each other in makeup chairs and whatnot but yeah she's a pro you know what i mean but yeah, plus, yeah. the fact that you're shooting a show like supernatural helps yeah right if you're shooting a, a low budget 
movie and nobody knows who anybody is and the producers or whoever, then I think, I think inherently you probably feel a little more sketch about something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you might have an int- intimacy coordinator on set too. And uh, now it's a little bit different. Yes. In fact, right. good point. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool that it was a, a symbiotic, uh, you know, situation or relationship and, uh, you know, oh, yeah, she was cool as hell. Yeah. So I was, I had a follow up question about that sequence, but it might be not be something you remember if it, if it didn't stick with you, but I was curious about how orchestrated it was. There were so many elements of it where it goes from loving to almost fighting that I was curious about if, if Kim Manners had very specific shots or, or beats designed for you guys, if it was more organic or how it all played out. Yeah. You don't like to mess with people too much. Um, but he had, he has great ideas, and I could see, uh, you know, here, here's the blocking. Walk up to her, up, 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 up. Counter head. We want that shot to the the cabinet, uh, and then insert leg. Because I mean, you know how they got to get the days right. There's not a lot of messing around. It's that's like shooting a feature. Yeah. And you know, in one right. week. Yeah. He did, he's not gonna. Kim didn't mess with you unless you you had. Uh, unless you had an idea to add to it or you were screwing up, which both of those things happened to me. But uh, yeah, he, 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 he wants to see how it plays out. If it works, great, move on. We got other stuff to do. But he definitely, definitely was not a micromanager. But I do remember specific things when I watched it. I was like, oh, I remember, yeah, that was him saying that to me. And uh, that was a really good idea. I never would have thought of that. And that's rare, especially when you're doing episodic. I mean, it's so rare. It's like, yeah. forget it. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, do, what, do you remember what kind of weird yeah. stuff you had to eat? So they, 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 I read the script and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm wondering, do they really expect me to eat raw hamburger meat? <laughs> so I can't remember who I talked to about that, but uh, the answer, the short answer is yes, they did. <laughs> they were just going to have really? to eat. Yeah. Really? No, they no, wait, did wait. not. They they were that was the idea. Right. That I was just going to eat raw hamburger meat, and uh, and then something went off in my. That's a I terrible idea. That idea. That was the that was the idea. I'm not saying that's what they would have gone with, but the, but right. the answer that I got back was, yeah, this is going to be. Well, they're going to freeze it first to kill whatever kind of parasites are. And I'm going to go, wait, 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 wait. And I've dated, I've dated enough vegetarians to know that there's this <laughs> thing called tofu vegetable protein. Right. So I said, okay, you know what? I got an idea. Uh, get TVP and diet red. And they're like, yeah, works. Sounds good. Because that's a weird thing. Like it could fall on the prop department when, when you're there. And I think it did actually. That's a prop. Right. Thing. Yeah. And they're like, you know, especially on a show like Supernatural. They're just like, I don't know. Yeah. Get hamburger meat. Because we got other stuff to do. Oh my god! You know? <laughs> wow. So that was your call. I, that, that sequence, especially that that was especially like I just I know it wasn't murder or anything, but it was especially disturbing watching you. A little gross. Finger of the meat. And like, oh my god! Oh. It was awful. <laughs> I literally just sit there going, "Give the Rougarou a fork." <laughs> You're like, killing the sit down with a plate. Hungry, but I mean, come on, manners. You know what I mean? Ooh. Manners. Nice uh, pork, bro. So that was your call. You're like, hey, it yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure they would have landed on that on their own. Sure. I, I think it right. was just, you know, there was a phone call. Something went off in my head. I'm like, huh. I I just feel like at some point in the production meeting last day, I'm like, all right, and uh, Carl, you dialed in with uh, what we're using for raw meat. Uh, yeah, boss, it's going to be uh, raw meat. <laughs> yeah, Hold on now. I was just kidding. like, if, like somebody in production, like, well, are you kidding, right, Carl? No, we figured, yeah. uh, you know, we'll throw in the fridge, make sure it's. Uh, 
kind of popping you're absolutely prime stuff, right. the choice. That, that's exactly what would have happened because the first answer is i don't know it says hamburger meat in the script so <laughs> so i'm thinking hamburger meat but yeah. you're absolutely right in that production meeting somebody would have said uh, i don't think that's a good idea and we would have landed there anyway so it's not like i'm some kind of genius uh i just sort of i just no, sort it's of good though it's good you gotta you gotta you gotta advocate for yourself there you know uh and then what about prosthetics you remember the prosthetic process so much it was kind of fun though at it the was, end right it was kind of fun because i was in la and you know shot this in vancouver which is like the first thing i actually went back to my hometown for because i'm from vancouver you know you fly fly you out and do two days of prosthetics and you're like that's a fun experience right that's like being on uh, i don't know some kind of some kind of uh, like x-men kind of vibe like where you're like you're going somewhere to get fitted for a prosthetic it's a fun part of the process yeah a couple of days of that straws up the nose Saw the parents, came oh, wow. back, did the prosthetics on the day. Uh, but once we got into the the prosthetic stuff, it was like two days of that. And then you just kind of sleep with the residu- residue makeup on. Because wow. that, that they don't recommend you do that. But you're thinking to yourself, all right, uh, if I just leave this on, that might shave an hour and a half or two hours <laughs> it's, off it's my day start. tomorrow. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's it's fun to do that stuff. Yeah. Super I, mean, fun. Not, I guess unless you're Dave Batista and you're doing eight hours of it. Yeah. But it's all part of the job. I've worked with Doug Jones a couple of times and, and that guy, I don't know how he does it, because his whole half of if you were to add up all the hours of Doug, Doug Jones's life and how much time he sat in the makeup chair at this point, it's probably three quarters of his life. Do you guys do you guys do a lot of supernatural cons? We do. Yeah, do. do a boatload we, of them o- over the years. I mean, they, they've slowed down a little bit. These slowed down, meaning fifteen a year, but they used to be twenty five a year. Like there was a period of time where it was like being in a band <laughs> because they, Supernatural had its own. It's still, it's still kind of like being in a band. Circuit. We 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 actually co-host them. Yeah, and uh, we co-host oh, right the ones on. that are done by Creation Entertainment. And then yeah. my band, actually, I'm in a band, and my band plays kind of like uh like it's the Tonight Show, and we're playing on the guest. And then uh, at I night, I love my, that idea. My, yeah, and then at night, my band actually does a show, a concert. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of taken on a life of its own. I love that idea. That's yeah. Uh, uh, it yeah. kind of reminds me of this this, this band. This band's called First Jason, and it's called First Jason because the lead singer of the band was the first Jason. Jason. <laughs> the Jason movie. That's hilarious. The kid, the kid that reaches up. In the boat, in the yeah. movie, yeah, pulls, that's the guy. Oh my god! And they're actually a really good band, but they played in Albuquerque, and the dude's got a leather jacket on that says, "Guess what it says in the back?" First Jason. Yeah, bingo! bingo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, he's that's hilarious, cool dude. Well, dude, thank you so much for doing <laughs> oh, this, man. Pleasure. It's so cool to have you on. Congratulations on all your success, man, and I really appreciate you carving up the time to do this. Fans are going to love it. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely. This is Jared Padalecki stopping in to say hi and let you know that we've got to take a quick break. Thank you for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. Damian Clark, great guy. Dude, I mean, and what a voiceover career. <laughs> what a cool guy. What a cool journey yeah. he's had. Yeah, great voice. Uh, great voice and great on the show, man. Just, a, a, again, another phenomenal guest star. Not yeah. in 
knocking it out of the park. Terrific to have him on uh, this episode too. I love it. You know, and I really like having sometimes the A-list guest stars who are the backbone of the show so often because yeah, a lot of times I don't think they know how well received their performances are because you yeah. do them, you walk away, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So it was great to have him here and uh, and go through it all. It's awesome. Walk, walk, go through, walk down, take a walk down memory lane. And now it's time to walk down a different lane. The lane I like to call mythology. Mythology, mythology, mythology. A rougarou is a creature linked to the French concept of a werewolf. More commonly in the U.S. is the Cajun version, of course, the loup guru. Loup is a French word meaning wolf. Oh, my God. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. The loup guru. The loup guru. Lugaru. Ah. There are, je m'appelle Lugaru. Lugaru. Uh, there are varied legends and interpretations of the character. A few include. For the more Cajun version of the beast, it is said the creature hunts you down for breaking the traditions of Lent. Well, we know that that monster doesn't exist because otherwise Rob and I would be bloody carcasses <laughs> in the streets. Wow. That's for, you know, for eating, uh, for not eating fish on Friday, I guess. Something like that, or having a ham sandwich. I don't know. Yeah. Another legend says the beast is cursed for 101 days and then passes the curse to someone else. Hey, Dave, I heard you're about to be over your curse. Yep, on the last day. Oh, <laughs> uh, so what happens? Uh, well, yeah, actually, it's over at noon. Oh, wow, it's in a minute. What happens at noon? Well, I, uh, Kyle, it's interesting you should ask. I, uh, <laughs> Well, just hang around for 30 seconds. You'll find out. Okay, Dave, you're acting kind of squirrely. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to eat your arm. <laughs> Yet another says the creatures are the result of witchcraft. It's always Where witchcraft. Where am I surprised, man? Those I mean, how many good, every time you think witchcraft is doing nothing but good, and then you hear this kind of story. I know. witchcraft for everybody. I know, I know, I know. Well, nonetheless, it's fun to say Rougarou and... The French version, Loup Garou. Loup Garou. Now, if you think that's fun, Robbie, you're in for a real treat because it's time for fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. This is the first episode where Castiel is referred to as Cass, and you are referred to as Ass. And you are referred to as Whole. And we started a band. <laughs> Weirdly calling it Whole Ass. <laughs> we, missed, we missed the joke. Well, whole was taken, so. Um, <laughs> In this episode, B-roll, which means additional footage, of the Impala driving around was originally shot in Los Angeles for the pilot of the series. And ironically, you're called B-hole. I am called B-roll. <laughs> All right, they utilized some B-roll of yeah. the Impala driving around town that was actually shot in L.A., not in uh, not in Vancouver or wherever they shoot the series. Right, right. That is an interesting fun fact. That's, that's, I wouldn't call it fun, but it's certainly a fact. Well, <laughs> I had fun listening to you read it. Nah, <laughs> Robbie, this is an interesting little tidbit we're going to do now, a little segment that we've never done before because we've never had call to, but now we we do because this episode represents the last Supernatural episode, heck, the last episode of television of any show directed by Kim Manners. Legend. Yeah, we, lo we lost Kim on January 25th, 2009. Uh, he directed 16 episodes in Supernatural's first four seasons, but more than that, he really shepherded the entire crew and cast. He was a father figure to the boys. You work on Supernatural without hearing about Kim. And he was a legend. Legend and a, a legend for so many other shows that he directed previous uh, to Supernatural. He was the producing director. And they never replaced him, by the way. Once he passed, that that role was never officially filled on the, the Supernatural uh, crew. So he really was uh, a, a massive 
reason why the show succeeded, and he's the massive reason why so many shows that you loved uh, succeeded. We're talking about 21 Jump Street, The X-Files, Baywatch, Star Trek The Next Generation, Hardcastle McCormick, and that's just a sample of what the man went on to do. He had an incredibly prolific career in TV and uh, big impact. You know, he came from a Hollywood family. His father has production credits on The Wild West and Route 66. Kim's first directing job came at the age of 27 on Charlie's Angels, the OG Charlie's Angels in oh, 19, that's awesome. 1978. That's really cool. He was memorialized in the closing credits of the Supernatural episode, Death Takes a Holiday, which aired on March 12th, 2009. There, all of season four of the series was dedicated to him. He was also memorialized in the second season of Breaking Bad. And the 2016 revival season of X-Files featured a scene where Mulder is sitting next to Kim Manor's gravestone, and it's inscribed with his birth and death dates, as well as the phrase, let's kick it in the ass, which is what he used to say to launch the beginning of any scene. Any scene. Right, right, right. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Pledgey was he just on that, that story. story on stage yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Uh, about that's how he walked away from, you know, a blocking and camera rehearsal when it was time to shoot. He would say, all right, let's kick it in the ass. And yeah. Let's kick it in the ass. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really feel like, even though I never got a chance to meet him or work with him, his, his spirit lived on, uh, on the set of Supernatural, you know, especially through people like Bob Singer, that really carried sort of that spirit of what I hear he was like. And Brad Creaser talks about him a lot and, yeah. and Robin and, you know, so many of the people that we've become friends with who were there at the beginning talk about the massive impact he had. And, and Phil Segrisha talks about it. Like you, Rob, I worked with him once, but it was only for a few days. I didn't really get to know the man. I got to uh, work with him, which I'm thrilled about, but I didn't know him personally, but I feel like I've gotten to know him really, really well through these interviews we've done over the last few years and through listening to the actors and other directors and other crew members talk about his impact. And it's just, we should all be remembered so fondly as Kim Manners has been and will continue to be. Absolutely. You know, a fun, fun little fact that Pileggi said on stage that I always forget was that he was short. He was a little man, but had really strong, big presence. Right. I, I didn't realize, yeah. I did, I'd forgotten that. He's like, you know, Pileggi said, yeah, he was just, he's a wee, wee fella, but he was like, you know, let's kick it in the ass. You know, he was like old school. I yeah, I definitely, again, in my brief, brief uh, time working with him, I found him incredibly intimidating. <laughs> yeah, that much. yeah. Not yeah. just by legend, but also by demeanor. I'm, intim a, I'm intimidated by his legend. Yeah, exactly. We all should be. Uh, anyway, Kim Manners, you can't love Supernatural without having loved and enjoyed the work of Kim Manners. He is, uh, he is the backbone of the show and continues to be even after his passing. So, uh, well said. Captain Kim Manners. Well said, my friend. Our own special little tribute to Kim. Thank you, Kim. January 13th, 1951 to January 25th, 2009. Well, Rich, uh, another important episode of Supernatural. Great episode. Just a great episode of the show. Didn't quite get the Stapleton Loggins nod, but man, that not because it wasn't outstanding. It was. It was a really great episode. Damien Clark was fantastic as an actor on the show and as an interview. And what a lovely opportunity to sort of remember Kim Manners um, and remember his, his phenomenal impact on the show and on all of us because of his impact on the show. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, Charlie Daniels and, uh, and Jerry Garcia. You nothing, know. To, nothing to sneeze at, you know? No, not at all. There's a duo who missed their shot at teaming up on something. Yeah, right? Well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you at the next one. Yes, we will. And and they're they're all great, so stay tuned. We're in, we're we're really we're cooking with fire right now. Don't people usually cook with fire? You know, you have an electric griddle, 
or an electric okay. stove. That's not fire. So we're no longer we're no longer electric griddling, everybody. What do you we're say? Oh, we're, we're we're cooking As with the gas. The cavemen used to say we're cooking with, <laughs> with gas. <laughs> we're cooking with gas and fire. We're cooking with gas and fire. <laughs> oh, Boise. All right. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester, Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars included Damian Clark, Ron Lee, Joanne Kelly, and Genevieve Cortese. Metamorphosis was written by Catherine Humphreys, directed by the legend himself, Cam Manners. Editing by Anthony Pinker. Music by Christopher Leonards. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The original broadcast of this episode included the following songs. Phillips Theme by Hound Dog Taylor and the House Rockers. This episode originally aired on October 9th, 2008. Uh, Hound Dog Taylor and the House Rockers sounds like a band you would have. <laughs> it does. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine, written by Stephen Hine and Hayda Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. Who's got his own bag now, bro? What's, What's up, up Booty? Music provided by Tim Wynn. This episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at SPN Then and Now. And become a member of the podcast at patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Have you been in LA for a long time? 20, 21 years, yeah. Yeah. That's a good run. Good, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, as soon as you start thinking it's normal, get the, get the hell out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So, we were driving to a doctor's appointment yesterday and going through, I think we were in like West Hollywood, and to our left was a, a man wearing like full feathered Native American garb on his head <laughs> and completely <laughs> naked other than boxer shorts walking on this side and on this side there was this an old man that looked like totally normal old man but wearing full red vinyl top to bottom i was like wow okay this is Dude, it. that's mm -hmm. that's times square crazy yeah exactly yeah. that's uh, all of la <laughs> sam and dean tail jack and see him almost attack a woman but resist what why did you say that again because I just want to make it clearer for you because you had a question. I just no, I felt like, I don't think I thought there was a glitch in the thing <laughs> that my recording went backwards. I'm like, what the? Welcome to season four, episode four. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. Rob Benedict. Story Mill Media. 